Welcome to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, and on this midweek mini episode, we are going to talk about giving your masculine energy, your masculinity, a purpose, a function, where it actually looks for purpose and function. So before we dive into this, I I do want to just sort of preface this by talking about how the masculine can become dysfunctional. And uh, when the masculine doesn't have a purpose, doesn't have a function, isn't in service of something, what actually happens to the masculine within us? And so what are the biggest ways, I guess, to sort of distill this down, and I'll give you some examples of it, but one of the main ways that the masculine will become dysfunctional is when it becomes in service of itself, right? When it becomes in service of itself, because the masculine in many ways, in many areas, represents growth, expansion. It represents uh, pouring itself out into the world, creating order, creating structure, um, providing direction. And so when the masculine becomes in service of itself, when it comes in, in service of growth, for example, and growth only, it can become very dysfunctional. So if you look at something like like the like the stock market, right? The stock market is a very masculine-oriented infrastructure. It's a very masculine-oriented framework. And it is largely in service of itself. It, there's no real um, taking into account the external ramifications of the stock market's perpetual expansion, its perpetual growth. It's, it serves that one primary finite focus, which is to expand and grow at all means, at all costs, and to move in one direction, right? And so when the masculine is in service to itself, right, as an individual, let's just say, that individual, uh, if they have a lot of masculine energy and that masculine energy is just in service of itself, it will cause all kinds of chaos, right? It will be devoid of compassion. It will be devoid of uh, this sort of like life force of the feminine. It'll be devoid of empathy or um, taking other s- sort of realistic um, or, or life force or life energy um, components into the equation when it comes to things like growth and expansion. And it'll, it'll cut out things that are very feminine in nature, like intuition, Right, so we see this. I see this a lot within men who are in service of the masculine within themselves. They have become obsessed and sort of indoctrinated to be in service to the rational mind. Right, again, if you look at just the basic infrastructure psychologically within yourself, you have the rational mind and you have the intuitive mind. And in psychology, we call this the elephant and the rider. Right, so the idea here is that the intuitive mind is this big, powerful. Uh, entity, the elephant, and the rational mind is the rider. And which one really has more force, really has more power? Well, the elephant has more power. Um, But generally within our culture, within masculine culture, we have been taught to heavily identify not only with uh, you know, logical thinking and rationality um, and being analytical, which are all very hyper-masculine forces, right, or, or modes of being, shall we say. And so because of that, when we as men have not learned how to develop uh, our masculinity to be in service of 
something other than itself, right? To be in service of its own rational uh, ends or logical thinking or analytical modalities. We cut ourselves off from being in service of or being in devotion to something that is more generative, something that is more life-giving, something that is more, um, in some ways, feminine in nature. And that's what the balance is, right? The, the balance and the dance between the masculine and the feminine or the yin and the yang is that they are in service to one another and that we become dysfunctional quite heavily when we, uh, when we have that one polarity, right? Our masculinity or our femininity only being in service to itself. And when the feminine is in service to itself, it looks a very different way, right? It's very sort of chaotic. It gets caught up in its own drama constantly. It sort of stews in that. It's not able to, it's not able to, to um, honor or value rationality or logical thinking. It gets sort of caught in the, in the storm, in the sort of like dark storm of the, uh, you know, the, the forces of, uh, of life, right? Of emotion, of, of sort of getting lost in that, in that space. So the masculine becomes dysfunctional when it is only in service to itself, when it is looking at, um, you know, perpetual growth and expansion as its primary function. Because when it is doing that, and again, the, the stock market is a good example of this, it doesn't take into consideration, the stock market doesn't take into consideration the ramifications um, outside of itself. And this is very much, we can see this right now, right? The other day, for example, you know, the stock market hit 30,000 uh, points on the Dow Jones. You know, people are celebrating that, but that's also the simultaneously on that same day, the lineups at food banks around America were the longest that they've ever been. Something like one in five children um, aren't, aren't getting the proper nutrition and food that they actually need because there's, there's so many American families now living below uh, or right around the poverty line, right? Something like 42% of Americans will die with debt not savings, but die with debt uh, in, in their bank account. 70% of Americans don't have any savings, right? Uh, 90%, um, 90% of Americans don't own stocks, right? So this is an example of a system that is, is designed to really serve itself and become a sort of master to itself. And it doesn't really take in the this sort of feminine life-giving attributes or aspects around it that it actually needs in order to survive. And so it can implode. And this happens a lot with men where they are um, so stuck in their masculine. And, and really, it, it's interesting because for many uh, men that have grown up in Western culture, or even in uh, Asianic cultures or Eastern cultures, um, there is a, a large sort of indoctrination and, and ideology within sort of more macho versions of masculinity that it should be in service to itself, that the masculine should adhere to its own rhetoric and doctrine. And so you have a lot of men that get into relationships and they hear things from their partner like, I want you to be more vulnerable. I want you to open up more. I want to feel more emotionally connected to you. <clears throat> and that's the feminine's desire of what it's, what it's searching for from the masculine. And what the feminine is really saying in that space is, 
I want you to have an honor of me. I want you to have a devotion to me. I want you to be, uh, to have a kind of, of worship of my value in this dynamic. I want you to be able to value and worship and be in service of and be in devotion to the feminine, but not simply just in me or the relationship, but also within yourself, because that's where most men, most of us, we get lost, right? We become in service to our rational mind, which can be easily hijacked. It can be easily manipulated and coerced, right? Think about any time that you have acted out of integrity, any time that you have done something that was out of alignment with your values, right? You lied, you cheated, you were unfaithful, you stole, um, you know, you you gave your word to yourself that you weren't going to watch porn anymore or smoke that much weed or drink that much booze. And then the next day, there you are rationalizing why it's a good idea to do that. <clears throat> so how does this happen? Well, it happens because the masculine within us doesn't have a function, doesn't have a purpose outside of being in devotion and worshiping itself. It's a, it's a kind of psychological narcissism that eventually unfolds within us. And it's this kind of narcissism that we have to, uh, we have to repair. It's this kind of self-worship that the masculine within us needs to repair. And so the, where we really derive purpose you know, where the masculine really derives purpose. Of course, the masculine will crave freedom. It will desire for us to um, to generate, to build, to to create order, to to design structure, to and to bring those things into our family or our friendship or our lives and our own discipline. So the masculine craves those things, but its sort of real purpose is to bring order, to be of service in in many ways. Um, to give to give service back to the things that are regenerative, that rejuvenate, and to have a kind of service to the feminine within ourselves. And this seems very counterintuitive, but until the masculine within us, until this sort of raw force, this power that is within us can sort of see the feminine aspects of ourselves, uh, our compassionate nature, our, our sensitivities, um, our creativity, our nurturing essence, right? The part of us that likes to take care of others until it can be with those parts and be in service to those parts in a way that is expansive and regenerative and, and can do so without shaming those parts or without seeing them as weakness, but rather can be in service to them as an equal, right? That the that the order within us and the structure within us and the the powerful force that is the the sort of anger, the clean anger within us can be in service of and respectful to the compassionate aspects, the more feminine qualities within us there will forever be an imbalance because the masculine within us will not have a function or a purpose outside of sort of like self-masturbating, right? Like continuing to build more and more and more analytical and rational uh, structures within itself. And eventually it will exhaust itself. Eventually it will, it will create such an imbalance that 
that psychologically we find ourselves almost incapable of feeling, right? We feel numb or, um, you know, we, we numb ourselves out using, you know, all sorts of mechanisms or we can only express ourselves when we're drunk, right? We can only allow this sort of feminine quality to come out in us when we're inebriated and intoxicated because that, that alcohol, that spirit has repressed our masculine rational stronghold over our emotions, over our capacity to self-regulate. And so we have to dysregulate ourselves. We have to dysregulate the masculine within us in order to let the feminine have equality within us and in order to let that uh, those more nurturing, compassionate, softer parts. And I see this all the time in men who are um, who are very masculine is that their their work right maybe they're men who have been in the military uh, maybe they're men who have been navy seals maybe they are men who are are ceos or executives or you know they're very physical men um, their struggle in many ways is that they have been taught we have been taught and I was one of those men for a long time. I was taught that the masculine within me was the was the highest priority. And so I, over time, started to pedestal that rational mind, that analytical thinking, and tried to cut myself off more and more from the sort of perceivably sensitive emotional qualities within myself. And I diminished my intuitive intelligence. And as Einstein said, the rational mind is a faithful servant and the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. But we have created a culture that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So Einstein sort of knew, right? In this, in this saying, Einstein is pointing to exactly what I'm talking about. He's really saying, you know, the rational mind, this sort of masculine quality within us is potent. It's very powerful, and it needs to be in service of something that is generative, right? Because in many ways, the masculine can be devoid of life. If we look at the, you know, Eastern religions or cultures where yin and yang or masculine and feminine or Shiva and Shakti have been present, the masculine is often associated with death. It's often associated with, with the void, with the emptiness, whereas the feminine is life-giving. It is life. It's creation itself. It's the... It's the force that allows us as human beings to continue to to expand and rejuvenate and, and create more innovation and and more ingenuity to to propel us past and further beyond the the problems that we've created. So we need that intuition. And again, to come back to that rider and the elephant, I'm sort of giving you a multitude of different ways of saying somewhat of one of the same things, but it's hopefully one of these lands for you. Uh, to come back to the rider and the elephant, we think that the elephant is in service of the rider, but that's not the case. In a really powerful, uh, healthy dynamic, and in all, in almost every single mythological dynamic that we've ever seen, that you know, from the Greeks to um, to Chinese Buddhism, um, to you know, to all all the way to to current society. It's, it's the rider that's in service of the elephant, right? It's the, the masculine needs to find within itself the capacity to be in service of the feminine within us, 
right? It doesn't mean that you need to go out in the world and be a feminist. That's not what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that you need to go out into the world and serve women. Also not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that within us, we will feel dysfunctional and purposeless until the masculine within us can become of service to the more intuitive, compassionate, feminine aspects of ourselves. And that we don't have to kill those parts off. In fact, it's virtually impossible. But that we seek a deeper sense of a discipline. We seek a, a more expansive version of awe and wonder. We seek a, a more liberated version of freedom not by ignoring these aspects of ourselves and not by having the masculine be in service to itself, but by allowing the masculine to find ways to be in service of the feminine in some, in some way, right? In, in some capacity. And if we haven't found the ability to do that, if we haven't found uh, the ability to set boundaries with the, the sort of harsh rational, calculated parts of ourselves that justify self-abuse, right? Drinking too much, smoking too much weed, uh, numbing out constantly, watching porn too much, eating a you know, disgusting amount of chips or popcorn, uh, right? That rationalize self-harm or, or unhealthy self-talk, right? All of those things are, are flowing through the rational mind. Intuitively, we know that that's not healthy. And so we need to direct some of that masculine energy. And this is where the masculine derives a sense of purpose. The masculine derives a sense of purpose by being in relationship to the feminine and being in service of it or in devotion of it in some way so that they are equals, so that the masculine can say in some way like, you know, I could ignore you, I could destroy you, but I instead I won't. I will embrace you and I will I will use my function, I will use my order and my structure to help build a vessel for your expansive nature, for your chaotic nature, right? For the, the multitude of emotions and the, the sort of the color palette and the emotional palette and the sexual palette that comes out of, uh, that comes out of the feminine within us. And in that way, we allow ourselves to find a connection between the masculine and the feminine. We build a bridge. Um, and, and there's another side to this, which is the feminine being in service to the masculine, which I'm not talking about in this episode, but I will in the future. So how do we do this? Well, first, we need to find ways to start to embody our masculine in a deeper sense. And what this means is that we allow ourselves to understand where our masculine has gone astray. Maybe it feels, uh, maybe we don't feel like very masculine individuals, or maybe we feel hyper-masculine. And the idea of experiencing any of those feminine qualities within us feels like a betrayal to our masculinity or our manhood, right? And so we start to find ways within us to identify what aspects of the feminine, what aspects of the masculine have I been rejecting, right? Maybe you're somebody who prides themselves on being extremely rational and extremely analytical and very logical. And it's made you very successful. This is a lot of the men that I've worked with, but it's only gotten you so far. And now you've reached a, a sort of pinnacle or a threshold, a sort of glass ceiling that you can't seem to get through. And so the, the 
or, or you're, you're facing certain problems in your relationship that you can't rationally figure out, no matter how, no matter how many times you think about these problems, you never come up with a viable answer or solution because the answer isn't found in the rational realm. The answer isn't found in the realm of logic, uh, logical thinking or analysis. The, the answer is actually residing in the intuitive realm. And so in this way, our masculine force can sort of say, okay, I'm going to create some structure so that I can allow this intuition to sort of flow. I'm going to give myself permission to explore, you know, stream of consciousness writing, or I'm going to create some discipline where I go and do breath work. And maybe that brings up some emotions for me. I'll come into contact with my feminine or, you know, I will uh, engage in a creative endeavor uh, and I'll again, I'll, I'll create some some structure around that and some order around that. But I'll I'll pull myself in the direction of honoring what the feminine in, his, in me is looking to express. Um, that could be one avenue, or maybe you're somebody that has so much feminine within you, and that there's a lot of this sort of chaotic energy, and you're living in this um, this sort of like very emotional space. And so, what you actually need is to embody more of that warrior masculinity within you to set boundaries with the amount of grief that's constantly pouring over you, or the anxiety that's constantly coming out, or to set boundaries specifically with the inner critic right? Who's, who seems to constantly be distressed and, and shaming you and guilting you and pulling you apart. And so maybe that is how your masculine is in service of the feminine to help create some structure and order and boundaries with the very emotional aspects of you. I see this a lot with nice guys, right? The nice guys have a lot of a very high sensitivity within them and they don't know actually how to deal with that. And so part of that is moving more into this embodied warrior, right? This sort of clean anger of the masculine to be able to sit with our emotions, but not to become them or to get overwhelmed by them to such a degree where we act out from them, right? Where we feel that loneliness or that sadness within us. And then because it's so overwhelming and we don't know how to deal with it, you know, we allow ourselves to go and act out and, you know, message people on on Instagram or Tinder or, you know, again, watch porn or smoke weed or drink or try and numb ourselves out and run away from that from that issue, perpetuating the problem. So this is how we give our masculine a, a purpose, a function. And this is what gets in the way of it is when the masculine is in service of itself. So please share this episode with one person that you know will benefit from it and you know will enjoy this, this concept and this idea. Uh, if you have specific questions for me about this, hit me up at, at Mantalks on Instagram. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. And I'll be doing a few more videos on this. So thank you. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.